Hi, this is Robert Helms, and thanks for listening to the Real Estate Guys podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think. Thanks so much. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we're going to teach you one of the most important things you need to know to improve your property, your investment property, or even your house. What you must know before you hire a contractor. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio network. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiopodcast.com forward slash real estate guys today for details. Go online with the Real Estate Guys. The Real Estate Guys need your help. We're conducting an online survey to learn more about the information that you're looking for and how we can help grow the Real Estate Guys radio program. Just a few minutes of your time will help us help you. While you're online, subscribe to our e-newsletter. You'll automatically be entered to win a cruise with the Real Estate Guys. Help us to help you. Go online with the Real Estate Guys at realestateguysradio.com. realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a great show for you, uh, covering a topic that uh, we haven't covered uh, really uh, in quite some time, uh, and it's important to anybody out there who is looking to improve their property. We're talking about what it takes to hire a contractor. If you're going to hire someone to work on your property, what is everything you need to know to do that? And uh, let's meet the guys, our co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. Hey, and the man who we call the godfather of real estate. He's been investing for decades and decades, Bob Helms. Hello, Robert and Russ. You know, about a year ago, I think it is, uh, we were on our last uh, Investor Summit at Sea, the next one coming up uh, next month, and uh, you did a talk, Bob, on uh, on this very topic, on hiring a contractor, some great stuff, there's some real nuggets, and I just realized we never really uh, discussed it on the radio, thought it'd be a great uh, topic, especially today, and for a couple of reasons. First of all, in terms of home improvements, a lot of folks, because of the economy, are choosing to improve their homes instead of move. And that's just the economic reality of any down market. The other thing is if I'm an investor today, one of the great opportunities is in buying distressed properties, not just distressed financially, but sometimes distressed physically. And, of course, a distressed home financially often becomes distressed physically. If people can't make the payment and they lose the home, it's probably not in great shape. Right. Rarely do you walk into an REO home and it's just beautiful. Right. I mean, there's some stuff that's gone wrong. So if you don't personally have the expertise to improve a property, then what do you do? You have to hire a professional. And yet just the words professional contractor to a lot of people sound like an oxymoron. Right. I mean, so many people have had poor experience with contractors. Now, since all three of us have had experience with both terrible and excellent contractors, we know that they're out there. We just have to find them. And that's the hardest part of this job is finding him. Uh, if if you always could get a referral from your good friend, Charlie, who had used a contractor he had great results with, this wouldn't be so hard. Because honestly, a personal referral is always the very best way to find someone. So if you've got that advantage, do it. Um, the idea is to decide who are the candidates. If If you've got a good referral or two or three, then your homework is going to be to find out how good are those guys? What's their track record? 
what's their area of expertise? It's one thing to be a licensed contractor, but I can be a licensed contractor, uh, either a general contractor or a specific area contractor and still only have limited skills. So depending on what your job is, part of the game here is to match the contractor with what needs to be done. Well, how do you know what it takes? How do you know what their experience is? You ask. Now, if you have a friend who starts you off, good. That's a beginning. What do you do from there? Once you get in a conversation with a contractor, I'll call him Cooper the contractor because that's what I call him in this little article. Uh, the, the issues here now are, tell me about yourself, Cooper. I want to know what kind of work you've done, how long you've been in the business, what your area of specialty is. I really would like to have a talk with some of your present and former clients to see how satisfied they were with your work. Yeah, etc. Absolutely. Well, and, and really, you've got to make sure that there's a fit from the beginning. It's as you say, contractors specialize in an area, and then there's the whole issue of licensing, which we'll talk about. Do you need permits for a project? Which we'll talk about. How do you budget, and what do you get in writing? Which we'll talk about. And then before we're done, uh, Bob has this uh, report that he's uh, uh, written, uh, which was a handout for this talk that you gave, and, and we just read through it and said, "Hey, it looks pretty good." <laughs> we'll offer that to uh, the folks that are interested in, in uh, more details, so you don't have to take notes today. Nope. It's always good to have a free report to back up what you're doing. But um, I think, you know, there's there's really so much to talk about here because, you know, as a homeowner, of course, you're going to have to deal with this. You know, I, I've got five kids and in raising my kids to be adults and all of them almost are all adults. And one of the things I looked at in my own life is that what are the things in life that I really have to understand? I need to know a little bit about cars because I'm going to spend a lot of money on cars in my life. I have to understand quite a bit about finances because that touches everything. But understanding real property and improved real property in particular and how basic construction and that type of thing, you have to know a little bit. doesn't necessarily mean you want to pick up the hammer and do the work. And if you're going to be a very active a rehabber, you probably don't have the time or the resources to do it. So you're definitely going to have contractors be a part of your life. And if you don't know how to interact with them, ask the right questions, if you don't even know what you don't know, then you're in a situation where you're extremely vulnerable. And the thing about contractors, it's great. You know, these guys are hardworking guys and gals, and uh, but often they're, they're more um, technical people than they are business people. And so that was very well said and, and quite politically correct. <laughs> they're, they're more. Te- I mean, you know, they're, they're they're good at what they do, but they, they you know, they just don't want to be troubled with some of the things that, you know, that that other types of businesses and the businesses that really do well are the ones that get organized. And then the guy that was the, the original contractor is now kind of running the, the show and he knows how to supervise his guys. But you get these little. Uh, guys that are out there driving around in their truck with their name slapped on the side of it, you know, Joe's contracting service. Nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, sometimes you can get great deals from those guys. But, you know, they're trying to answer the phone. They're trying to do the books. They're trying to do their advertising. They're trying to do the quotes. They're trying to do the work. They're trying to deal with the permits. They're trying to do everything. And sometimes they have some of that stuff they do well and some of the stuff they don't do so well. So you have to know what it is you're looking for and then make sure that the guy, Bob, to your point, um, that the person you're hiring is actually going to be good at what you say. Because when times are tough, and definitely we're in tough times right now, people need work, people will say, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. Well, do they really know how to do that? You know, I mean, I, the, guy, the guy does wallboard and, and you need tile. He's, well, I can do tile. Well, yeah, but when's the last time you ever did tile? I mean, do you really ah, do tile? tile smile. I, <laughs> what color do you want, babe? So I, li- I, you know, I like the references, you know, but I also like to see some of the work. 
You know, well, yeah, I mean, that's important. That's part of your reference. It tells you somebody was satisfied with their work or happy with the job. That's great. But to, to your point, some of my favorite contractors show up with a big old binder of photos, work they've done. Right? We have a landscape contractor we used for years and years, and he had a giant repertoire. He brought out binder after binder after binder. If you want to talk about putting in a pool, great. Let's look at that. If you want to talk about doing a brand new front yard and a new home development, great. Let's look at that. Here's all the ones I've done. And a picture is with a thousand words, and you can see the level of quality. Now, you want to make sure that these are the work that this guy's actually done, and not he's just a good photographer. Right? <laughs> right? Um, so you want to ask some of the he's hard questions. He's doing open houses with this digital camera. But when we say contractor, some of you are thinking, thinking handyman that shows up with a tool belt and fixes a door. And some of you are thinking the guy that builds a subdivision. And both are correct. Right. So getting back to expectations, some of the best work I've had done have been from that one guy in his pickup truck. Absolutely. Because he absolutely can can stand behind what he does. He supervises every single bit of it. And he's generally priced less than the guy with 7,000 assistants and the guy who never actually does any work anymore. So now sometimes those guys do, do well. But a lot of times, you know, we're in a project right now where the project hasn't been built by the contractor. It's been built by a whole bunch of subcontractors we've never met. And so that's not working for us, right? So so there's not a wrong or right answer. What it is is figuring out what you're trying to accomplish and how is this person, this 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 contractor you're going to hire going to help you get to where you want to be. No matter whether you hire a big contractor or Charlie the handyman, it's urgent that you set up at the beginning no, no, no. Charlie was the guy who referred us. Cooper's the, the oh, guy. Oh, Cooper, Cooper's – I'm thinking of Cooper the contractor, but he could be Cooper the handyman. Either way you look at this, <laughs> the question is, what skills does your job need? Do you need that guy who's got the binder full of the good photos? We always like that. But as you indicated, Robert, generally you think sometimes you felt very good about that guy's work, and you hope it was his work. Uh, I recall – a contractor you and I used to use who was a one-man band. He was really a handyman, but he was a licensed contractor. And he had skills. Our biggest problem was that he'd get busy in spurts. And so he was great. He'd, he'd say, I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, he'd come back, but it wouldn't be tomorrow and what we would consider tomorrow. It would be um, two weeks from now. And he'd, it'd be like nothing happened. Like he'd show up two weeks. <laughs> and he was great. A most honest contractor probably we've ever met. Great, great man. But time management was, was his issue. If you needed it in a hurry, you didn't call him. But if you needed it done right and you had plenty of time, he was the guy. I remember getting a patio. I wanted to get a, a concrete patio in the backyard about a new house. And uh, I did what people do who don't know anybody. I, I got out one of the local newspapers and I looked under contractors and here's all these ads. And I'm looking under concrete, right? These are people that, that hold themselves out to be guys who are going to put in patios, in, you know, in concrete patios. So we call 10 contractors. Guess how many call me back? Three. Three. Three of ten call back. I make appointments with all three to come to the house to take a look and give me a bid. Guess how many show? One. One. He got the job. That's the automatic <laughs> filtering process. And I was happy with it. He did a great job at a good price, but the one guy that showed up. So contractors don't necessarily have the greatest reputation. What we're going to talk about today is what you can do to make sure that you have realistic expectations. I don't expect my contractor to be the most beautiful finished contractor guy, you know, uh, person on, on the planet if I'm hiring him to you know, put a, a cubbyhole under my stairwell. Right. I'm not expecting the, the, the same guy that worked in the block 
Bellagio Hotel to come and do the tile in my bathroom if I want it done for $300, right? So it's, it's about what are your expectations? What are you expecting to have done? And then communicating about every aspect of the job. How long is it going to take to get it done? What's it going to cost? What kind of overruns might there be? Let's talk about change orders and what that looks like. What are the performance clauses if you reach it by a certain time and if you don't? How do I know that the job is uh, is going to get done uh, properly? And then ultimately, what recourse do I have? What kind of a warranty, if you will? So those are the things we'll talk about uh, when we get back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. We're talking about what it takes to hire a contractor. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Equity happens. Is it happening to you? Learn more at realestateguysradio.com. This week's radio program is brought to you in part by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the real estate guys can on our weekly podcast. In fact, we were just talking about Rich Dad's Prophecy, which is one of the many books available on Audible.com. And if you'll log on to audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys, you can get a free audiobook of your choice. It could be Rich Dad's Prophecy. It could be uh, thousands and thousands of books. Just pick one, download it for free. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. So what you do is you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys for your free audio book. Crikey. Local real estate market a little slow? If there's no appreciation, there's no equity. No worries. There are lots of markets and many are booming. G'day, mate. This is Luke Chadwick, the Deal Hunter with Global Property Network. I spend most of my time traveling all over the U.S. and the world, hunting down hot markets, great properties, and expert agents. Give us a ring at one 411 4gpn and we'll connect you to great agents in great markets with great deals. That's one 411 well, mate, got to go. To learn more, go to globalpropertynetwork.com or call us at one 411 4 gpn Don't be shy. Do it now. In today's crazy economy, you name it, what aren't you worried about? I mean, there's your 401k, banks are failing, and it just seems every day there is more bad economic news. That's why I decided it's time to take action and invest in physical silver. I really like the idea of investing in something I can touch and own, not just a piece of paper that can disappear like some of my stock funds. Silver's a great hedge against inflation, and unlike gold, silver has a huge industrial demand, which is why some analysts expect it to dramatically rise in value. I also found the biggest challenge in owning silver is finding a place to buy it. I then was lucky that a friend told me about RBOR. They specialize in 100-ounce pure silver bars, perfect for an investor like me. Here's their number, 800-395-1123. That's 800-395-1123. I know their supply is limited. It's 800-395-1123. Are you worried about your future energy costs? With oil prices recently coming back down, many Americans are being lulled into thinking that all will be well and good. But experts predict utility companies are going to see an unprecedented rise in costs as President-elect Obama is planning huge tax penalties for the use of dirty fuel. What can you do about it? Consider solar. Clean, green solar energy is cheaper and easier than you might imagine. 
Solar Masters is a solar electric generation installation company dedicated to bringing you the highest quality products to develop your own clean energy. And you'll be surprised at how affordable it can be. An installation of Solar Electric can be your insurance policy against future rate hikes. Solar Masters is offering listeners an unbelievable special. For a limited time, when you mention the real estate guys, you'll get your system installed free of labor costs. Call now at 888-757-7677 or visit SolarMastersInc.com. You can reduce or even in some cases even eliminate your electric bill. Call Solar Masters at 888-757-7677 to find out more. Tell them you heard it on The Real Estate Guys. Call 888-757-7677 today. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're talking about everything you need to know to hire a contractor, whether you have work at home or on a rental property. You want to make sure you get somebody reliable. And uh, we talked about one of the great ways to find a contractor uh, is, of course, the biggest ad in the Yellow Pages. <laughs> well, not necessarily, although generally, uh, in order to support the largest ad, they have to at least be doing some work. Uh, but actually, the best way, as Bob mentioned, is a referral. Now, when you ask for a referral, when you're given a referral, somebody says, hey, this person did a great job. That's the first step. And then the second thing, whether you refer it or not, is to ask that contractor for a list of clients. And this is important. Yeah, it sure is. If the guy is unwilling to give you a list of his clients or doesn't have any clients, that's a red flag. Yeah. And that's nonsense. Here's what they'll say sometimes, and follow me on this. This is such a classic salesman deal is, listen, I've got a lot of really great clients that have appreciated my work and I've done a super good job for, but I really can't have um, a lot of people calling them and bothering them at home, and so I don't publish their, their numbers. That is pure BS. That is anyone who's reputable is happy to give you names of clients who will take that call. And as any business person does, you have people who will, under the right circumstances, be glad to vouch for you. Testimonials are huge. And so you they're not doing so much business that this person or people are getting hundreds and hundreds of phone calls. If they can't give you at least five names and phone numbers of people that you can call and ask about their work, then uh, use the magic four-letter word. Next. I'll get back to you. Next. Yeah, exactly. Now, it's important that, uh, that, that you determine the bona fides, if you will. What, what, are this, what is this person's credentials? And we start by saying, first of all, based on what this guy says his area of expertise is, is he the right guy for this job? If we seem to have a match there, then we want to move ahead. We want to check those references. One of the important things you got to decide is, do I need a licensed contractor for the job? We touched on that. But The rules are this. Every state in the United States has a requirement that a licensed contractor have a state license. Now, when do you have to use a licensed contractor? Well, there's a rule that typically says, and it'll vary a little bit from locales, that for any job over five, six, maybe a thousand dollars, you have to use a licensed contractor. 
from five or six dollars to a thousand dollars. It's actually like a big, uh, it's actually five or six hundred. Five or six hundred dollars. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, and also well, check your purchase contract. If you're in the middle of a contract and you've sold a property and now you have to have work done, a very common scenario. Most purchase contracts say the work has to be performed by a licensed contractor, even though it might only be a hundred dollar job. Yeah, exactly. So we're trying to verify that the person we've got is a good match for us. That now, he's got. Now, now, stop a minute. Why would you not use a licensed person? And the only answer is it's a simple, easy fix that a handyman who didn't bother to get licensed can do. If I just need a, a switch replaced or something like that, I might consider using an unlicensed person. Uh, I, I would think strongly before you go down that path. There's a reason a person hasn't gone to the trouble it takes to get a license, and I always feel comfortable and sleep better at night, especially if they're doing anything having to do with electrical or plumbing, if the person has a license. Well, that brings to mind this. Do I need a permit for the job that I'm going to do? Okay, different that, topic. Let's talk license first, and then let's talk permit. Yeah. The only reason I bring that up is because that will typically influence my thinking a little about who I get because of that process. But let's talk about licensing. We said that that every state requires that licensed contractors pass an exam. And guess what? There is some regulation involved with the state. Now, most state state uh, contractor license boards will have a uh, um, a fund set aside and don't count on getting any of this money but it's a fund set aside to take care of some of the problems that happen when some unscrupulous or unreliable contractor screwed up your job the main reason that is important however isn't about whether you're going to get the money back i wish you would don't count on it it's about the fact that they've got some leverage on this guy the one thing that they can lever is his contractor's license. So they have the ability to force him to perform to a certain extent. Now, the good news is it's super easy to check. Almost every state has a state contractor's board where right online you can verify whether or not someone has a license. It, it, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a business card with a license number on it, and then when I go enter it into the website, it doesn't come up, or it's a different person's name. Right. So just because there's a license number printed on the business card, that doesn't mean necessarily that they have a contractor's license or that it's theirs. Right. The, the three of us know of a person who was operating under somebody else's contractor's license, who's never had a contractor's license and still this very day holds himself out to be a contractor, which he is not. No. So check. It's easy to check. It's also, as Jim Rohn would say, easy not to. Don't just assume because they drive a nice truck and have a nice business card with a license number on it that it's true. Take the extra step and check on the on the licensing board. Well, the concern there is that someone who's willing to take shortcuts is going to take shortcuts. And you know, if you're not there watching them do the work and they're installing subpar materials or not taking an extra measure of care on a job that's important to you because they're just they're of the personality type where they shortcut things, you know, that's just one indication. It's a, it's a hurdle. It's a barrier to entry. It's not a huge barrier to entry, right? but it's something. So, you know, you want to make sure you're dealing with people that consider themselves professionals and not, you know, amateurs or part-time guys. So um, I think that's important. And I don't know, are we going to talk insurance here at some point? Because I think we certainly are. Yeah, we I certainly think, are. I think, you know, the insurance thing is huge because, you know, the thing is, if you're going to hire a contractor and have it come on your premises, the first thing you want to do is check with your own insurance broker and make sure that your insurance policy will protect you. If he has subcontractors, he may have unlicensed people. The other thing is you want to ask to see a copy. I like to see a copy of his insurance policy. I want to see that he has a current valid insurance 
uh, policy in place so that if something happens, you know, one of his contractors saws off a finger or drops a something and breaks something of yours or whatever the problem is, uh, that there's some degree of indemnification for you. So both with your own insurance company and then also with uh, the contractor's insurance company. Yeah, I know Three Finger Louie is still looking for work. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just need to make sure that Cooper's the guy he says he is. So the first thing we do is ask him for a copy of his license. And then what? We verify. We go to the State Contractors License Board online, get that information. And when we talk about insurance, we're going to do exactly the same thing. So Cooper needs to be a guy who wants to sell you on hiring him. He needs to be cooperative. There are a lot of things that we want to know. We're going to ask Cooper um, when we talk about liability insurance, one of the issues is how big a contractor is Cooper? Is Cooper a one-man band, or does Cooper have a lot of employees? Because now we've got to look at several things. We've got to look at insurance on the job site. We've got to look at work and workman's compensation. We've got to make sure that Cooper isn't more of a liability to liability to us than he is an asset. Let's talk about workers' comp. That's, um, you know, insurance that covers uh, particular vocations. Probably the most expensive workers' comp policy is on construction, right? It's super, super high premiums. And so this is a place that those corner-cutting contractors are going to try to cut corners. This isn't for you. You want to make sure that they've got this uh, coverage in place because you don't want to have to carry it. Well, that's the point. Somebody is going to be liable for this. If it's not Cooper, guess who it is? Yeah, it's you because it's your property. Yeah, and I think you you need to be prepared to pay more. I mean, it's the same thing. If you want to shortcut yourself by hiring the cheapest lowball bid from some guy that just you know, really isn't a professional, then not only are you going to get the poor quality work, uh, but you may take on a whole host of liabilities that you hadn't even anticipated. So that's really being penny wise and pound foolish. Well, and people don't want the lowest price. People want the best value. And sometimes spending more makes sense. One of my favorite quotes from Brian Tracy is this, the pain of low quality always outlasts the pleasure of low price. The pain of low quality always outlasts the pleasure of low price. Don't take the cheapest one. Now, if you're getting something done that isn't that important and, and so forth, you're not going to necessarily bring you know Gucci brothers over to do the work, but you want to make sure at least you have a reasonable expectation of what uh, the level of, of finish is going to be. The flaw in the cabinet that you let go by will be the thing your eye goes to every time you walk in the room. Well, even on your investment yeah. property, you know, you sell somebody a property and somebody's done something that is literally unsafe. You're gonna. You could have some liability there too. You have the implied warranty of habitability on any rental property that you have, and if you're bringing in a contractor or worse yet, a handyman who's not licensed to do work, that is absolutely liability you don't want to have. You want to be able to bring in a professional so that if there's an issue, you have the recourse not only to the state contractor, uh, the the board, but also uh, to the insurance to their company. That's why you're looking for someone who's reputable. You're hoping that they do such a great job that it's never going to be an issue, but. Hiring a person that has you know, some skin in the game, if you will, is going to make sense for both parties. The scope of the job will have a lot to do with how complex it is, what kind of insurance you need. If, it, if it's a little, uh, little fix-it, maybe one guy comes in and does it. If it's a big project, he's either going to have to have employees or subcontractors with different levels of experience to complete it. If he has employees then the workman's comp issue was important. Suppose, however, that he has contractors. He's doing a major job for you, and he hires subcontractors to do pieces of that. What's your liability at this point, and what's the possible downside of those guys going south 
falling out of bed with a guy, doing a terrible job, or worse yet, not getting paid by the contractor. And then filing a mechanics lien on your property, which we'll talk about before we're done. Yeah, you certainly want to know who's doing the work. You may love the contractor, but again, it's been my experience that that's not always the guy you see out of the job site, right? They're going to bring in subcontractors. Now, that's not necessarily bad. What are subcontractors? These are often uh, licensed general contractors who just specify, have a specialty in a certain area. Someone who just does cabinets or just does floors or just does heating and, and, and air conditioning. And so if you have a big job, Many times you want your contractor to bring on great subs. You just want to ask the question, who's going to be working on the job? If you're hiring subcontractors, who are they? Does your insurance cover them? Let me see a copy of it so I can make sure. If not, let me see a copy of their insurance. And then if the subcontractor is going to be doing a lion's share of the work, then I want to go through the same process. I want to see some of their work, talk to some of their clients, even if their only clients are other contractors. This is a way that I can know that they're also of the caliber that I'd like to have. We're talking about hiring a contractor. When we come back, we're going to uh, continue that topic, tell you how to get our free report on it, and we're going to play Real Estate Trivia, a chance for you to win a prize. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hello, Robert Kiyosaki. Listen to the Real Estate Guys. They're wild and crazy, but they really know what they're talking about. All aboard. Set sail with the Real Estate Guys on their 7th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Aboard ship, you'll enjoy first-class dining, awesome entertainment, 24-hour room service, and plenty of fun activities. Unwind at the piano bar, check out the casino action, or stay in touch at the Internet Cafe. Plus, hang out with the Real Estate Guys for a week you'll never forget. We depart from Fort Lauderdale March 21st for Panama, Costa Rica, and Belize, and return March 29th. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to learn more. That's 877-WOW-CRUISE, or go to wowevents.com. There are plenty of great cabins left, but the Investor Summit always sells out. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to talk to our cruise specialist, Mary Lynn. That's 877-969-2784. 877-WOW-CRUISE. Don't miss the boat. Chadwick. Wood Chadwick. Real estate, like diamonds, are forever. So when it comes to real estate, never say never again. I travel the world for Global Property Network, spying out hot markets, experienced agents, and great deals. So if the world is not enough and you're looking for investment or vacation real estate anywhere in America or around the globe, call Global Property Network. I've got a gold finger for connecting you to great properties. You only live twice, so to grow your income for the second part of your life, you can live and let die, or you can go for it, like the living daylights. GPN is here to help. From Russia with love, this is Luke Chadwick for Global Property Network. Give Luke and his team at Global Property Network a license to kill and find you income-producing property. Tomorrow never dies, so you need Luke to find properties and deals for your eyes only. Call Luke and GPN today, 877-411-4GPN. That's 877-411-4GPN. Or on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. 
In today's crazy economy, you name it, what aren't you worried about? I mean, there's your 401k, banks are failing, and it just seems every day there is more bad economic news. That's why I decided it's time to take action and invest in physical silver. I really like the idea of investing in something I can touch and own, not just a piece of paper that can disappear like some of my stock funds. Silver's a great hedge against inflation, and unlike gold, silver has a huge industrial demand, which is why some analysts expect it to dramatically rise in value. I also found the biggest challenge in owning silver is finding a place to buy it. I then was lucky that a friend told me about RBOR. They specialize in 100-ounce pure silver bars, perfect for an investor like me. Here's their number, 800-395-1123. That's 800-395-1123. I know their supply is limited. It's 800-395-1123. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome back to the Valentine's Day edition of the Real Estate Guys Radio program. We thought, what can we talk about uh, on the Valentine's Day week show? And I uh, hope you had a great Valentine's Day. And, and Russ thought, you know, uh, one of the nicest things you can do uh, for your Valentine is to work around the house. And since none of us really know which end of the hammer to use, we thought, well, maybe hire a contractor would be a good idea. And that led into today's uh, discussion. Actually, uh, the uh, this this topic was one we taught on our uh, 2008 Investor Summit at Sea. And every year, we go on a cruise and take a whole bunch of real estate investors and have uh, topics and seminars and classes in the days that we're out at sea and then have a good time at port, do some uh, some real estate field trips and a lot of fun. And it's coming up uh, on March the 20th. We're uh, headed off uh, to uh, Belize, Panama, and Costa Rica. It's going to be an amazing cruise on a really cool ship. And you can go with us. Uh, the te- it's technically sold out, but the last three people that have tried to get cabins have been able to uh, by calling 877-WOW-CRUISE. Here's how it works. We get an allotment of cabins at the beginning of the crew when we when we first book the cruise, and then over time, they fill up, and we have to decide, do we want more, do we want to let some go, etc. And our deadline is passed, meaning we have no more cabins in inventory, but... If there's cabins available on the ship, we can get them back into our inventory, and we'd love to have you join us. It's going to be an extraordinary cruise, lots to talk about. Plus, you get to hang out with the real estate guys uh, for an entire week. And this year, it's a bonus day. It's an eight-day cruise, not a seven-day cruise. So come with us. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. We leave from Fort Lauderdale uh, at the end of March. You can find out more on our website at realestateguysradio.com. We're talking about what you need to know to hire a contractor. Before we get back to that, let's play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing our trivia question, which will have something to do with real estate and today specifically something to do with contractors and uh, and real estate. When you hear the question or know the answer, you're going to send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and mailing address so that if you're our winner, we can send you an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our book on real estate investing. Find out more at equityhappens.com. And uh, we give away two copies. The first goes to the first person with the right answer, and the second one goes to the person who wins the drawing. All of the correct answers go into a drawing for the week. That way, if you're listening via podcast or on the MP3 after the show actually airs on the radio, then uh, you're still eligible uh, to win a prize. That's how it works. So when you hear the uh, question, send us your answer and uh, your pertinent details to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. First, let's go to last week. Last week, we talked about the tax strategies, and here was our trivia question. In 1773, a direct action of defiance regarding a tax took place in the United States. In what city did it happen? 
And I hope you recognized as many people who uh, who sent in uh, their emails this week that we were referring to the Boston Tea Party. And, of course, the, uh, the city was Boston. There you go. Here's this week's real estate trivia question. Since we're talking about contractors, on the television show Home Improvement, which, of course, was all about a contractor and his television show Tool Time, what was the name of the Taylor's neighbor? What was the name of the Taylor's neighbor? So contractors have to do with real estate. Neighbors have to do with real estate. So if you know the name of the Taylor's neighbor in uh, the show Home Improvement, you never saw his full face except in the very, very last episode. It was kind of a running gag. You remember who I'm talking about? Right. If you know his name, then send that to us at trivia at realestateguysradio.com. That is today's real estate trivia question. So we've been talking about hiring a contractor and many of the things that you need to do to kind of vet whether this person makes sense. Are they licensed? What's their expertise and experience? Can you communicate, et cetera? Now let's say that we've agreed this is a candidate. That doesn't mean you're going to hire the person because you may decide to get multiple bids on a project if the project's big enough, in which case you would go through this process with more than one candidate and then get bids. Don't just start with the bid. It's interesting that, you know, Louie can do it for 300 bucks less than the guy with the contractor's or license. Or says he can. Or says he can, <laughs> right? But uh, that's it's not – don't make it all about price. Instead, you want to first make sure it's a person you want to work with and then perhaps get multiple bids. Now, I'll tell you, we don't always get multiple bids, even though you, that seems to make the most sense. If you get a reputable person who has great uh, reputation and lots of references, then that's a person that, that perhaps is going to give you a great value. I'm not saying don't shop around. I'm just saying that personally – feeling confident in the contractor to me is a lot more important than saving $15. However, if you're going to get multiple bids, you'd want to go through this process with everybody. And then what you do is you just give them the keys to the house and say, go for it. Right, Bob? (laughs) Not exactly. Okay. What do you need to do once you've selected a contractor before they start the job? I use the expression scope of the job. So one of the things we need to do is define exactly what the scope of the job is. What are you doing for me? You're putting in a shower, Do I care whether it's tile or something else? Yes, I do. So what we need to do is agree on exactly what's going to be done, what class and what type of materials are going to be used. Um, We need to, in short, come up with a written contract that defines all the parameters, that defines what you're going to bill for me, what it's going to cost, et cetera. Right. And this is important because you've got different qualities of materials. Obviously, they're going to affect the price. And sometimes it doesn't affect the price except to the difference in quality. For instance, the contractor may give you a bid that includes a base level of tile or carpet. And then if you want to change the color or the size or the quality or any of that, then you're able to do that at additional cost. And so I guess we should talk about the way that contractors get paid. There's different fee arrangements in contracting. Yeah, there is. If I'm the contractor, it's simple. Here's the deal. Just pay me up front, okay? Um, Maybe that's not a great idea. Maybe I'll be in Acapulco spending the money, and you won't ever get the job done. Yeah, a huge red flag is when they want too much of the money up front, ladies and gentlemen. That's just a run-for-the-door kind of deal. Good, reputable contractors typically have credit established at the places they shop. They've got an account at the paint store. They've got an account at the hardware store. In other words, they generally can come up with the starting materials on their own. Is it possible or necessary for you to give them a deposit up front? Generally not, but oftentimes they'll ask for it. Now, just as you're, you know, a little cautious about giving them money, they're cautious about extending their materials that they get credit for into your project. So, I think if it's a if it's a relationship where you don't know them and they don't know you and it's your first time down this this dance hall together, it's reasonable for them to expect a deposit. It shouldn't be 75%, but they should be able to extract a deposit from you. 
Yeah, and when I said contract, well, that brings up a good question. Where's the contract going to come from? Who's going to write it? Well, since you don't do this every week, it's much more likely that the contractor will have a contract that he uses. Will it be a standard industry contract? Probably not. It will probably be something written for him, either by him or an attorney. So what does that suggest would be a real good idea for you to do once you've got all the parameters in here? Maybe you want to have it reviewed by your attorney. Fax it over to CheapAttorneys.com. They'll take care of it in one easy payment. No, okay. Yeah, there are attorneys who specialize in reviewing these types of, of documents. If you have a real estate attorney in your power Rolodex, that's probably a person who's qualified to do it, and they look at these kind of arrangements. But I'm guessing your brother-in-law that does family law is probably not the guy to do it. So you want to have it reviewed. And if you for sure you want to read it to start, and then you want to have the, the contract reviewed. And you're right. It normally is a contract that originates with the contractor that's the one that they use on every every job does that mean you can't make changes to it absolutely not i don't think i've ever accepted a single contract from a contractor word for word as they gave it to me they'll tell you oh no we don't make changes but if you have an attorney check it out and say we need to change this this and this very often a reasonable person will allow you to do that yeah so the whole point is to get something that fits the job to make this thing represent what you're trying to get done at the end now when we come to um, getting paid for the job, which is the thing you're both interested in making sure this happened. We want to make sure that what we're getting is what we agreed to and what we paid for. So once we figure out what the kind of materials are and all that sort of stuff, we're going to get a scope of the job. Now, one of the things you care about is this. What's my warranty for this job when it's all over? I've paid you. You're gone. Job's finished. What have I got? I expect to get you to pass on warranties. If I add appliances, you're simply going to give me the manufacturer's warranties. But how about the contractor's work itself? Right. And it depends on the contractor, what the warranty is worth. And also in some jurisdictions, uh, depending on the amount of work that is done, there is an implied warranty, a one-year or sometimes two-year warranty that's required by the state. And so you have to check, uh, again, with your local contractor to board to find out about that and then ask them. Many uh, handy people and, and the contractors today go above and beyond and have a bigger or larger uh, warranty period than uh, is required by law. There's also outsourcing today, especially on large jobs where they bring in a third party that takes the liability in a transferable warranty. And then the question is, is it transferable? Right. I mean, because if you're a flipper and you're going to sell the house right away, you know, and you're competing for customers to buy the place, if you can extend quality work and warranties, your your product is going to have a competitive edge. Absolutely. More when we come back about hiring a contractor. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. Set sail with The Real Estate Guys on their 7th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. Aboard ship, you'll enjoy first-class dining, awesome entertainment, 24-hour room service, and plenty of fun activities. Unwind at the piano bar, check out the casino action, or stay in touch at the Internet Cafe. Plus, hang out with the real estate guys for a week you'll never forget. We depart from Fort Lauderdale March 21st for Panama, Costa Rica, and Belize, and return March 29th. 
Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to learn more. That's 877-WOW-CRUISE or go to wowevents.com. There are plenty of great cabins left, but the Investor Summit always sells out. Call 877-WOW-CRUISE to talk to our cruise specialist, Mary Lynn. That's 877-969-2784. 877-WOW-CRUISE. Don't miss the boat. Crikey! Local real estate market a little slow? If there's no appreciation, there's no equity. No worries. There are lots of markets and many are booming. G'day, mate. This is Luke Chadwick, the deal hunter with Global Property Network. I spend most of my time traveling all over the U.S. and the world hunting down hot markets, great properties, and expert agents. Give us a ring at one 411 4 gpn and we'll connect you to great agents in great markets with great deals. That's one 411 4476 Well, mate, got to go. To learn more, go to globalpropertynetwork.com or call us at one 411 gpn Don't be shy. Do it now. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Hey, welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, broadcasting every week on the radio and all the time at realestateguysradio.com. If you miss a show, you go to our website and listen to it right there, or you can download it uh, to your MP3 player for later listening. Or the easy way is just to subscribe to our show uh, via iTunes. It'll come right to you uh, every week, and then you can decide where and when to listen to the show. It doesn't have to happen at the same time every week like it does for us. It can happen whenever you like. You can listen to two in a row. You can listen to the same show twice if you want. You I can. do. Yeah, I do too. I never miss a show. Uh, so we're talking about uh, hiring a, uh, a contractor, and, and let's just finish up this topic of how they get paid because part of it is in the bidding pro- process. If you're going to get multiple bids or not, when they bid a job, sometimes there are contractors who will build a bid on a cost-plus basis. They'll say, all right, well, I'm just going to charge you X, and then I'm going to, you know, you're going to pay for materials. You're going to pay for the materials plus a percentage and in increase. Sometimes a contractor will give you a flat bid. I'll do the whole thing for 2500 bucks. Now, it doesn't mean one's right or wrong. You just have to understand what you're, what you're getting. Yeah, everyone has a different method. It's very common for a, a bid that you get to include a percentage profit on the job. I, I want to make a 20% profit. That would be a common kind of number for a contractor. It could be anything depending on the job itself. So all those variables are there. You've got to look at which of those systems works for you. When you talk about a cost plus job, for example, um, the, a cost plus is what the old military contractors used to use a lot in the days when I spent time in that arena. It, it really didn't matter what the project cost. The only thing that mattered to them was what part of it they were going to get. Right. Okay. So if you've got somebody who wants to do this on a cost-plus basis, they're simply saying the materials, the scope, if that changes, that's all right. That's up to you. Uh, but I'm going to get a certain fee for doing the job. Now, how often does the price change? And the answer is a lot. A lot. And what typically happens and where a lot of contractors make their money is in what we call change orders. Change orders can be deadly. You agreed in a cert- to a certain scope of work for a price, and then halfway through, you, the customer, changes their mind. Oh, 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 you know what, Mr. Contractor? Could we do this instead? And they'll say, absolutely, you bet, sign here. And often you have to go through the change order process. Yeah, in fact, that's uh, that's one of the things that comes as 
could be an unpleasant surprise because you weren't expecting it. So one of the ways to look at this at the beginning is to try and assess overages. Where do we think this might go? And and here you're going to have to rely on the contractor's experience because he's the one who has the experience, not you. But you got to have that discussion if you want to table this and if you want to know where that's going to be. So the issues are then once you've come up with a basis for his profit, uh, then how do you pay him? Well, you can pay him part of this up front, part of this on what we would call what? Milestones or yep. some kind of steps where we complete a certain part of the project. And let's talk about that. Contractors will often want the milestones to be days. I don't like the milestones to be days. I like the milestones to be percentage of completion of the project. So right now we're in a project, for instance, where we're having some homes built, and the way that it gets financed, the entire project's all cash, and it gets financed in in portions based on milestones. And the milestones are very specific in what the finish level has to be in order for the next payment to be released. Everyone knows from the beginning exactly what has to be done before the next payment gets released. This keeps the contractor from coming back and saying, "Uh, but we're out of money. Can you advance a little more money? We need a little more money. You don't want to have that conversation. If you do, it wants to be upfront before the job starts. No, when the cabinets are completely in and finished is when you get the next chunk, right? When the doors are completely sealed and the windows are all functioning is when you get the next chunk. On the job you're referring to, that contractor would have been long gone, paid off long ago. Project isn't done. Right. Yeah. So it's important to, to decide how that's going to go, how you're going to do it, and you've got to be in agreement. One thing you might look at is when you're at the end of the project, is do you pay him in full? Is it over and done? He's gone Thursday. Here's the keys. Good luck. A holdback is a great idea. Hold back at least 10% of the job for your final walkthrough and punch list. And don't relinquish the last bit of the payment until the work is completely done. In the last 10%, that if, unless the contractor really messed up, that is all of their profit. Then they right. may have made more profit than that, but it's all profit at that point. So they can't say, well, I've got to pay this person or I've got to pay this person. It should all be profit by then if they bid it correctly and if they did the job in a reputable fashion. And so you want to make sure that it's done because as soon as you made the last payment, your recourse just went out the window. Who says when it's done? The contractor says, I finished my work. Well, let's look at a couple things. Most of these jobs, if they have any changes made to them that are significant physical changes will require permits. Virtually every job that's of any scope needs permits. So who gets those permits and who's responsible? Typically your contractor will go and apply for them on your behalf. You're responsible. When we get to the end of the job, here's an urgent thing people forget all the time. You must have a final permit issued. It's one thing to get a permit. You can do interim approvals by the building inspection department, but you need to have a final permit. I can't tell you how many jobs I've come across where the final was never obtained. Now, that's just the physical part. There's another thing. If this is a rental property, you probably need a certificate of occupancy to be able to rent this. When are you going to get that? Before the contractor's been paid and left? I hope not. Yeah, good point. So let's talk about permits for a minute because that's always a big question. And this varies greatly depending on the jurisdiction that you're in, what a permit costs, what the process is like, who gets it, and when it's required. So when do you need a permit, Bob? You need a permit anytime you make a physical change. That generally means electrical, plumbing. Uh, Move a wall. 
Yeah. Change ex- a window. Exactly. In other words, you virtually always need a permit. Unless it's the – if I change the washers in the faucet, that doesn't take a permit. New ceiling but, fan? Probably not. But if I'm if I'm putting in a brand new fan where there's never been one before and I have to run uh, the conduit and the wiring, then I need a permit. Permit, absolutely. So who who's going to know? The local jurisdiction, whether it's your city or town or county, you want to find out. And they generally have a great pamphlet available about permits, especially for people that, that are novices. And if this is you, uh, spend some time uh, with your uh, local uh, city or, or county planner and uh, go through the, uh, the the documents that they make available, either on their website or, uh, or in person. There's some caveats there. I think we've all ended up owning properties that have previous owners have done work that we maybe didn't have permits for, didn't know about, didn't even know required a permit and then you call in an inspection because you're doing legit work and all of a sudden they discover something that they hadn't they weren't aware of before so uh, I think it's really important when you're working on a property and especially if you don't have a long history with that property which is a lot of you know rehabbers are not going to have a long history is make sure you take a look around and try to figure out if things have been done to that property that you're going to be opening up a can of worms and I'm not saying that you don't go get a permit I'm saying that you just need to go in with your eyes wide open work with your contract say hey can can we fix this thing up so it's not so obvious that you know it wasn't permitted perhaps or can we go check the permit history on this thing there's what you do you always go get a copy of the file you don't tell the person oh i'm wondering if such and such work that was done to this house was done with a permit you just ask for a copy of the file and they'll give you for a very nominal fee a copy of the entire history of the of the project in a lot of the areas where we own properties the, the average homes 40 50 years old over time there's been there should have been a lot, you know some work that's been changed with permits you want to get a copy of the file yeah, and one of the interesting things here, and I know every one of you have had this happen, your contractor has said, well, do we want to get a permit for that portion? In other words, it's going to cost you additional. I'm going to do the same quality work. Do you want a permit? The answer, my friends, is yes, yeah. you want a permit. Always. You yeah. always want a permit for a host of reasons that uh, Bob goes into more uh, detail on in his report here. But understand that if it's not permitted, it probably isn't insured. If it's not permitted, uh, you may not have legal use of that portion of the property. And a permit is an ounce of prevention. It doesn't cost that much compared with the benefit you're going to receive and the peace of mind you're going to get. Yeah, I, I recall very vividly uh, a client of mine who bought a duplex not too long ago. It was represented to be a duplex. It looked like all the history was there. The family said it was a duplex. The agent said it was a duplex. There were four duplexes in a row, uh, et cetera. When they went to get permits for the upstairs kitchen, that particular unit hadn't been a duplex maybe ever, but they couldn't show that it was. Uh, So just going after the permit was a big eye-opener. Yeah, so it depends on scope of work, too. Again, if it's a minor repair, it may not need a permit, but work with your contractor. But don't just say what, listen to what they say. You also want to find out from the local uh, jurisdiction whether or not a permit's required and then what the ramifications are. All right, well, lots of information there. Uh, Bob put together this handout for a talk that he gave on this very topic. And if you'd like a free copy of it, you can just send us an email to contractor at realestateguysradio.com. 
contractor at realestateguysradio.com. It's just a short report with a lot of things that we've talked about today and some other salient points. And uh, the Godfather put it together as one of his Godfather papers, which uh, he's done uh, lots of over the years. And uh, you can get a, uh, a free uh, copy of it. Now, next week on the show, you're going to want to tune in for sure because we're going to talk about the part of the real estate market that was the fastest growing real estate product in 2008 and is poised to perhaps be again in 2009 and it's one that we haven't talked about in great detail on the show before and few people are talking about but more will be uh, in the in the future so if i haven't gotten your attention with that then uh, i don't know what else to say it's going to be a great uh, a great show hey thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, for your loyal listenership if you ha- uh, have a minute send a, a note to a friend and invite them to listen to the real estate guys we'd love to have uh, your friends family and acquaintances tuned into our program it's available for free on the internet and and at your favorite radio station as well. Thanks to our sponsors for supporting our program. Thanks to uh, Chathan, our engineer, for uh, running all the knobs and dials, and to our executive producer, uh, Matthew Pierce. And, of course, uh, the most important thank you of all is uh, to you, our listener, for uh, your support, and uh, especially for all the folks who are listening on iTunes. We are uh, continuing to be a featured uh, podcast on iTunes, and you can't buy yourself that position. You can only earn it uh, through your uh, listener audience. So we appreciate it. We'll see you next week on The Real Estate. Uh, guys, thanks to my uh, colleagues, Mr. Russell Gray and Bob Helms. Happy to be here. Yeah, much fun. Thanks. Happy Valentine's Day. There you go. See you next week on the Real Estate Guys radio program. This airing of the Real Estate Guys was brought to you in part by our sponsors. Corporate Direct. Get the edge in business and wealth building with asset protection, privacy, and tax savings. Call Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton at 800-600-1760. Global Property Network. Have Goldfinger Luke Chadwick help you find properties from around the world. Call GPN at 877-411-4GPN. Equity Happens Institute. The Equity Happens Institute is dedicated to providing real estate investment education for effective action. To find out more about the Equity Happens Institute, call 866-900-4232. You can find out about these and our other valued sponsors on our sponsor page at realestateguysradio.com. And to learn how you can sponsor the program, call Matthew Pierce at 510-521-5100. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Real Estate Guys. Are you excited about real estate investing but not sure where to get started? Learn the secrets of building wealth through real estate in the comfort of your own home. In the Real Equity Home Study Course, professional investor Robert Helms and his team of experts show you why real estate outperforms other investments. Stop dreaming about investing in real estate and start doing something about it. Order the Real Equity Home Study Course today at realestateguysradio.com and click on resources. realestateguysradio.com.